The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Welcome once again to a game from the radio, the official of the Capricorn. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via virtual distancing. We have none other than Elman and Jenny Feldy. Or not? <laughs> well, I, I, I thought she was there. All right, so we have uh, Tim, Dominic Definition Man Serrano. No, I'm just messing with you. I'm here. <laughs> we have senior correspondent Charlie Saladino. Happy Wednesday, everybody. And I believe Elman and Jenny Feldy is joining us. I'm here. There you are. I'm joined. <laughs> I've joined. Uh, the only join person us, ever to be late us. on a Zoom meeting when actually already logged into the Zoom meeting. <laughs> well, it's technical difficulties. Uh, on this week's show, we have um, our Tropicon wrap-up event, which is uh, myself, um, senior correspondent Charlie Saladino, and Elman Jenny Feldy talking about the convention that we just went to. And also, uh, Elman Jenny Feldy interviews Time Detectives app creator Charlotte Nickelborg. Very interesting interview. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. So oh, before yeah. we do any of that, I have to take it away with the news. It's morphin' time! The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of Sci-Fi.Radio. That's Sci-Fi for your Wi-Fi. As well as the fine folks of the Radio Connor, which are the official radio show. Oh, so we're over 26 years of comic and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Uh, the next convention is scheduled for December the 17th. It is the Big Apple Christmas Con. And right now, uh, tickets are on sale. And I believe the headliner is uh, Jim Stranko and Dominic. Stranko. <laughs> and I want to hit a shout out to our Patreons, of which there are. Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, News Day Fam and Dresden Media, Orangicon, Shadow Rabbit Art, Yasmin Ray, and Rosa. Want to get your own little shout-out? Go to our website, www.gamegrillo.com. And uh, just for a dollar a month, you can uh, get a shout-out on our show. We greatly appreciate it. All right, so as always, we always start with the sad news, and we only have one bit of sad news this week. Wow. Um, legendary anchor Tom Palmer died recently as of this recording which is august the 24th of 2022 no cause that has been announced tom had worked with some of the biggest names in comics such as neil adams jillian cologne uh, john buscema and john byrne just name a few on various marvel and dc titles over his 49 year career in comics now dominic as a comic book guy are you familiar with uh, tom's work of course i am of course uh, did you ever get a chance to meet him because i did not know that he no. was a, a new yorker i had no idea that he was a new yorker me no, I've not had a chance. And I regret because I've never had a chance to meet him, but I loved his work on I was a big Marvel fan and I loved his work. So uh mm-hmm. it's kind of weird how uh they're here for one second and they're gone in the next. Um, yeah. so let's see. Dead. He was a, a spry eighty one years old. All right. Alrighty. So moving on to the uh not as sad news from the Jen was pretty close follow up department. Hey. 
In a previous Whoa. episode of our show, our very own Elman Feldy had mentioned how a comic grading scam of sorts could possibly happen <laughs> with people putting covers on one of their books over a different book. And as the greater books are being encased in a clear plastic container, therefore, people are not really sure what they're buying unless you open the sealed case. Uh, we also mentioned that the comic store Black Flag had done just that by adding an acetate cover over an existing book that they had commissioned directly from Marvel and then calling it a quote-unquote new variant. The book was sold and then graded by CGC only for Marvel to say that the aforementioned book was unauthorized. Now, not only has Black Flag renamed the book as a quote revision acetate cover, but CGC, which has given some of the greater books as a 9.8, 9.9, and even perfect 10s, released an additional statement. <clears throat> they say, for us, this was an unprecedented item being put out into grades. After Mr. Crane, which is the artist, spoke to us before C2E2, the rules we applied to his books are as follows. The additional cover must be created by an artist known in the industry. The comic to which the cover was attached should have the cover by the same artist, and a copy of the comic must be submitted with the cover attached for us to examine before any copies are certified. Due to recent circumstances, we have made modifications to the stickers originally used for the Ultimate Fallout featuring the acetate cover. From now on, any copy submitted to CGC will be shown in the poster body little notes that they have uh, as follows. The In God We Entrust acetate cap is attached to the two staples after manufactured. Books will still be allowed to earn a universal label. Uh, CBCS, which is CDC's main competitor, says they will crack open any CGC comic and regrade that book for free, but they will not guarantee the same rating. So they are sticking to their guns, and they are still grading a book by all intents and uh, purposes should not be graded. It is, it doesn't, it's not a, a legitimate copy in mass mm -hmm. so for example there is um <clears throat> i think there was a book called the angry girlfriend book where the girl a girlfriend like ripped up the cover and, and wrote all over the cover and then they graded hmm. it so it's a one of a kind hmm. but if you're gonna mass produce it and she writes the same stuff on each every single cover that qualifies as a variant and you need to go through the proper channels to get it authorized so I think mm -hmm. it's really opening a, a big can of worms that CGC is standing by their product. Mm. What do you think, Dominic? It's bull. <laughs> bold? Not bold. B-U-L-L, bull. Oh, bull. We're on the radio. I can only say so much. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes. So it's it's so weird if you think about it how this might be, I mean, I doubt it. But at very least, there's going to be some new policies and new things being implemented. It might not be the end of uh, grading in general, but I think it, it, it shines a light on the um, – what's the term? The, the, um, the fall, the, the fault of CGCing mm -hmm. anything and yeah. valuing yeah. and having a third-party value your stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's all, you know, made up. <laughs> I hate to say it, but it's kind of all just made up. And clearly people can, you know, falsify stuff. It's just so weird. Yeah. Well, I just think, well, I think we're in a time where it's like, if you could touch it, if you could feel it, it's real. Uh, what does it matter if some third party, what they have to say? I know, because, you know, you could have fake Mercedes and I, I was just given fake Louis Vuitton sunglasses. But here's an analogy, right? 
Uh, I don't really care about designer. I'm not going to try to resell them. I get all these compliments on these glasses. I felt bad that the person giving me maybe dropped $400 or whatever. But then I find out they're fake. Do I care if they're fake? No, they're on my face. I can touch them. I can see them. I can feel them. I can smell them. They're they're real to me. Uh, as far as NFT goes, yeah, NFT, you can't touch it, you can't smell it. Maybe that's fake. But that's what I have to say about authorizing things. And, right. and, and we're in the age of fake lips, fake butts, fake. You know what? If you like it, it uh, doesn't really matter if it's real. Okay, fine. When it comes to bodies, that's a whole other conversation. But end of rant, I'm done. I what about you, real. Charlie? You got a uh, two cents on this? Um, yeah, I do. I, I don't like, uh, I'm old fashioned. I don't like when any, anybody, you know, oh, I was just going to say a bad word. Anybody screws around with the original copies besides the fact that they're doing this. Remember, they're charging for this. Right. So you may get charged extra, even though, you know, you don't mind that it's, you're getting charged for, that product and i i just don't like anybody screwing around with the original product fair enough fair enough so moving on from the None other than Zach Galligan, star of the original Gremlins and its sequel, Gremlins Part 2, has announced that he will return in an animated prequel series, Gremlins, The Secret of the Mogwai, in an unnamed role. Zach says, it's been an incredibly long time. Gremlins 2 came out in 1990, so you're talking 30 years, exactly when I got wow. into the gig. I just think it's a really logistical extension of the mythology. Uh, Gremlins, The Secret of Mogwai, will appear, uh, will premiere in 2023, and other cast members announced are Ming-Na Wen, B.D. Wong, James Hong, Sandra O, oh, Randall Park, and George Takei. Um, you were a fan of the original Gremlins, uh, Charlie? Of course. I'm not going to watch it unless Phoebe Cates is in it. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jen, are you a fan of uh, Gremlins? I must have watched Gremlins like 100 times as a little kid, for so sure. So w- would you watch the animated uh, prequel series? Sure, yeah. You know, add a little THC, I'm in, yeah. <laughs> all right, Dominic, what about you? <laughs> I actually have never seen all of Gremlins. The first one or the second one? I've seen, either. I've seen parts. I've seen, like, things wow. where it was on TV and I had it on, but I've never sat and watched all of the movies. Or wow. either movie. Why? How come? Uh, I was busy watching other things, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Did you not have a good childhood? So... <laughs> what kind of a childhood do you have if you don't have gremlins? A gremlin childhood. <laughs> gremlins is the staple of a good childhood. <laughs> yeah. Dominic, um, are you I've aware? I've also never seen Meteor Man or... Me Pootie neither. Or Pootie so... like oh, Tang, you got to see. Okay. Pootie Tang, yeah. But yeah. Meteor Man, no. no, me neither. No. I guess we got to see that. Okay. I was busy watching good movies. Are you aware, Dominic, <laughs> that um, Howie Mandel did the voice of Gizmo? By chance? What? Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, that was Howie oh. Mandel. He does the voice of Bobby in Bobby's World. That's that's his voice. Then uh, Gizmo. Oh wow. Yeah. However, I will say this: that my dog Gizmo is named after the Gremlin, Gizmo. So. But you never saw the whole thing. <laughs> I didn't name my dog. My wife did, but she, oh. she's like because he looks like that character. So she might have seen it. One of the few movies she's ever seen. That you. That'd be not. funny if she didn't see it too. <laughs> it's very possible. That would be funny. So yeah. moving on from Please. the how much more fun stuff can there be department. 
Is this an Ezra Miller one? No, it is not. Oh, yes. No Ezra Miller news this week. Uh, I love hating on him. I really do. (laughs) Due to the fact that they want even more money, none other than Sony has announced a quote-unquote more fun stuff version of the third third Spider-Man, wait, the second third Spider-Man flick, No Way Home, which will be coming to theaters for a limited run. The more more fun fun stuff is said to have about 15 minutes uh, added to the existing original film, but no word on if these are new scenes or just extended versions of existing ones. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home is currently available for digital purchase and on Blu-ray. So the movie's fun stuff version will return to theaters uh, late August to early October worldwide. I think that's uh, that's kind of milking a cow right there. Like, what more can they put? The movie was fine. Leave it alone. What, what more can they do? Well, it's not so much milking a cow as it is beating a dead horse, I think. Thank you. Thank or you. Beating the cow and milking a horse. Beating the horse and milking a cow. Yeah. <laughs> That's beating, what I do. beating the cow and milking a horse. Well, if you milk a horse, you're going to have something not milk. You know, that reminds me. It's going to um, look like something like hay or something. Yeah. Like hay. Liquid, liquid hay. <laughs> Liquid, Liquid hay. hay. That's that sounds like a beauty product. This reminds <laughs> me of my social studies teacher. Shout out to Mr. Kumas. Um, he he was talking about history, and he was like, you know, the villagers used to come in, and they used to um, sh- uh, shoot the cow, burn the houses, and rape the women. And then they got drunk, and then they used to shoot the women, rape the houses, and burn the cows. Wow! I mean, that's oh, I one way to not is. pay child support yeah. and alimony. <laughs> And, I feel like that story is not uh, right for for radio. Uh, hey, that was it was in high school in the nineties. It was perfectly fine. Oh my god! Uh, basically, what, what they're doing is they're George Lucasing the movie and <laughs> throwing in more stuff like he did with the original. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know. right, that so, all being said, just, so, so long as they leave that moment where Doc Ock comes to his sentence, sent, uh, his senses, and looks at Peter and goes, "How are you? I'm okay." Yeah, go ahead, Charlie. They're, they're uh, substituting uh, more fun for director's cut. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, it's basically yeah. what it is. It's probably it's basically they're releasing the director's cut. So yeah. moving on from <laughs> the scream no more follow up department. Oh. In a previous episode, we reported that Nev Campbell would not be returning to the next Scream film, which is Scream, Scream number six, which is currently in production. And now, none other than Nev herself had this to say in a recent interview. She says, I did not feel that what I was being offered equated to the value that I bring to this franchise and have brought to this franchise for 25 years. As a woman in this business, I think it's really important for us to be valued and to fight to be valued. I honestly don't believe that if I were a man and had done five installments of a huge blockbuster franchise over 25 years, that the number that I was offered would be the number that I would be offered to a man. And in my soul, I just couldn't do that. I couldn't walk onto the set feeling that, feeling undervalued and feeling the unfairness of or the lack of fairness, the fairness around that. Now, Elmion Jenny Feldy, as a female and as an actress, uh, what do you think of what she has to say about that? Well, you do know my name is Elman, um, so I don't encounter problems like this. Uh, I don't identify as a woman. You know, I don't know. I, I well, first of all, I want to know the number of the number she asked for. How much money is she demanding? I, I would love to know that because that's the only way to really have an opinion on this. I think, mm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, how can we comment on something without knowing the amount of money that she asked for and isn't getting? <laughs> this is true. You have a right? valid argument. I can't say, oh, well, she's a woman and she's not getting what she deserves. What's she asking for? I don't know. <laughs> that, is, right? that does make a good question. So, like, 
I don't know what she's been paid through all the yeah. Scream movies, but let's say each movie she's gotten paid more, and what Scream Seven would be would be like in line with each pay increase. But now she's thinking that she deserves for you know twenty million, but she was only going to get paid like fifteen. Right. At, at which point is that just like? But the last movie you got paid thirteen, and the movie before that you got paid ten. You know your your pay is increased with each successful movie. Charlie, your alarm just... is going off. Yeah, yeah, Charlie no, no. has to be somewhere. Yeah, I, are, we, I, are we disturbing you, Charlie? No, no, I no. Just, I, just I was have... trying to ignore it, but it just it's just going. No, I can't either. I I just have to say, that's such a good point, and then it just yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I just have to say, what has she done since? Um, I don't, I don't see her. In she did the Lincoln made... Lawyer, yeah, um, on Netflix, too. which was good. <laughs> But well, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not saying that that's the case. And yeah, she we, might we've... she might have been involved. Like I don't know what contract she signed. What she's asking for. Maybe she signed a like she did yeah. the first three movies and then they did two yeah. more. And maybe she signed a contract for two and now it's up and she wants. Well, yeah, we really can't know. say unless we have the facts, Mark. We need the facts. All right. So moving on. Here's well, some no, I'll, I'll just you. say this. Unfortunately, yes. there are a lot of times where people feel, women feel they deserve more money, but even though they do deserve an equal or an equitable share of money, sometimes what they bring in in terms, like you see this women's soccer or the WNBA, what they bring in is not even close to a fraction of what the male side would bring in. You see that in sports. So even though Scream has been successful and a hit movie, you know, we know that that's relative in terms of a hit. It could be a hit with $20 million on an opening weekend. It could be a hit with $200 million on an opening weekend. So that's another thing. How much has Scream brought in relative to what she's asking? All valid questions. So let's move yeah. on. I only Please. asked the valid questions. <laughs> that was actually, you guys did a very well with that. Um, so moving on. From the, and these are facts right here. Now we know why the ratings were so low department. Next star, the largest owner of television stations in the United States, has announced that they will acquire a 75% stake in the CW television network. Currently, uh, co-owners Paramount and Warner Bros. Discovery will each maintain a 12.5% interest in the channel, and Next Star will continue to order original programming for both companies' television divisions as well as elsewhere. During this acquisition, NetStar also discovered that the average viewer for the CW is 58 years old, which is funny because most what? CW shows were geared towards the 18-34-year-old ground. Yeah. Wow. That's a little disturbing. So wow. tell me how why. It's called yeah, Pedophilia that's... Network. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you why. Because all the young kids are out having fun. That's but why. They're for... not watching this stuff. But for the channel to make shows that are geared towards the 1834 crowd and people who are 58 year olds watching it, that's why no one's watching their station. It's hilarious. Yeah. So they better, yeah. they better change their uh, commercial uh, ads from, uh, you know, Pepsi to Depends. <laughs> I got to check the CW. Like, what you are these what? 50 year olds liking? Actually, if you look at what they're putting out, though, so I, I just googled you know cw shows so they have riverdale which is about the archie comics right, right? they have but which um, but uh, teen centric teen centric but still archie comics right 
Walker, which is, I guess, Young Walker, Texas Ranger, which came oh, out God. when I was a kid. Right, so, with Chuck like, Norris, yeah. Superman, all the DC shows, which arguably, I remember having this conversation with you, Mark, today's comic book fans aren't fans of the actual books, right. fans of the media. Right. So chances are anyone watching these DC TV shows may be already older anyway. Like if you're looking at it in a certain way, they've sort of programmed themselves to the 50 plus male because you have attractive young women in properties that are actually reminiscent to their childhood. So 50 plus, this is almost 60 plus. This is 50. Yeah. <laughs> 55 plus. Yeah. Like even 90210. Like right. that, that was on. Like these are all things that these people watched in their twenties and thirties, and like, oh, it's back, or they've been right. loving their entire life, like the comic book stuff, and now they're watching it on TV. Hmm. That is fair. So, executives say <clears throat> our acquisition of the CW is strategically and operationally compelling, as it will enable us to leverage our operational experience to improve the network's performance through our management of this powerful national platform. For 16 seasons, the CW has been home to some of the most groundbreaking and generation-defying programs in television, from the iconic DC superheroes of Greg Bertolani's Arrowverse series to the Vampire Diaries and everything in between, including the all-American franchise, the original Gossip Girl, Kung Fu, I forgot about that, Nikita, Riverdale, Smallville, and many more. The network was also at home in the Supernatural, the longest-running live-action fantasy series in U.S. television history. Together with our partners at Warner Brothers and the CW, we have created a welcome home for content that has resonated with viewers on the network and platforms around the world. This new ownership structure enables us to partner with Nexstar and Warner Brothers Discovery on a new chapter of the CW by redeploying capital to other content performers at Paramount. I think we're going to see a shift in the programming, and it's going to be very interesting to watch. It's going to be the new Hallmark channel. <laughs> now, you think they're yeah. going to shift it to become more mature for the 58 year olds or they're going to dumb it down even more for the young kids i think they're gonna i think they're gonna uh, appeal to the older generation that would make more sense to appeal to your crowd and then branch out as opposed to doubling down and mm. hopes that the younger kids will come along yeah mm. i don't i think that they'll start skewing it more towards what cbs puts out and hallmark yeah that's mm. pretty much like procedurals that are very character-based, but of older people, not young kids. So there's a very good chance that almost all of these shows will be off the CW at some point. Wow. Whether they get moved to HBO Max or just gone. But, yeah. Do you guys watch Hallmark Channel? I have not seen a Hallmark. Actually, I haven't seen a Hallmark movie in a couple of months. I saw a half of one. It was like some Christmas marathon, and that was the only channel that had something on. So I was like, what the hell is this? (laughs) It was very bad. My dad watches Hallmark and cries, and his girlfriend laughs at him. Why? What's wrong with that? How old is your dad? I wouldn't say it's wrong. I just (laughs) laughing. It's funny. But wait, how old is your dad? My dad is 69, I think, in December, I want to say. Okay. All right. Oh, God bless him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my father watched a lot of Hallmark Channel. Really? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. So. And, and being in the 60 group, I've never watched Hallmark Channel. No, I'm lying. Around Christmas, <laughs> I watch a couple of them. It's Christmas. pretty heartwarming. If yeah. you watch one, you yeah. watch like eight of them. They're all the same. <laughs> They're all the same <laughs> right. show. I mean, that's, they got three true. scripts and they just change the names. So, um, yeah. Actually, that actually makes sense if you think about it. Since it's the older crowd, you can watch one movie, take a mm-hmm. nap, wake up, yeah. and you're watching completely Although different movies. Much like, 
Much like the Green Lantern thing, right, Ma? <laughs> yes, yes. We mentioned this many times on the show that uh, we had a midnight screening at the movie theater I was working at with Green Lantern, senior correspondent Charles Saladino, and a whole bunch of us went to watch the movie. We watched the movie. He came out the movie, and he, it was a really bad movie if you've seen it. And he turns uh-huh. to me and he says, hey, Mark, um, what happened in this part between this part and this part? And uh-huh. I was like, nothing. It, nothing. It just, it just, the scene just <laughs> abruptly changed. And he was like, uh-huh. oh, I thought I fell asleep because he had closed his eyes. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, no, I, I did fall asleep. But you didn't Not miss anything. I thought, but I didn't miss anything. That was the most amazing thing because I asked you <laughs> what happened to the part when I fell asleep and woke up. <laughs> And it was like nothing. So the Green Lantern is the perfect movie for people to fall asleep. (laughs) Yeah. And then when you wake Mm -hmm. up, you haven't missed anything. So you get a nap (laughs) and you get the movie. So there you go. Money's worth right there. Great movie. All right. So let's see. We have, let's see if we can squeeze this one in. From the, that's a pretty long reach department. That's a pretty long reach. Pretty long reach. Paramount Pictures has announced Sam and Victor's day off a Ferris Bueller spinoff film centered around the two valets that takes Cameron dad Ferrari for a joyride in the film. Wow. Have you watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Like everyone loves Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's the best thing ever. So yeah. there's a sequel movie spinoff about the so two cool. guys that stole the Ferrari. Like that's, oh that's what they're going to go God. with? Wow. Oh my God. That this is, is going to be hysterical. so cool. That's just hysterical. Wait, wait. wait, you guys like this idea. I love the idea. Yeah. Look, I mean, that's no What's worse. What's wrong with it? What's wrong with it? That's no worth it, worse than Too Fast, Too Furious, or Fast <laughs> and the Furious Tokyo Drift. And it's At apparently home. being made by the Cobra Kai creators. So yes. well, you, know what, you know what they could do? Ferris Bueller's Day at Work. <laughs> that could be the next one. Yeah. But, For years, sure. there was a rumor that they were going to make a Ferris Bueller sequel. And then but they did the commercial. That was the whole. That was the up. best you got. Yeah. Um, but I heard... wait, 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 wait. So wait, everybody's on board with this idea? Yes. Yeah. 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 What's wrong? Wow. What's the matter? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's the matter, Mo? Because these guys, these guys everyone wants take to see what ball. happened to Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Honestly. So like, if they have a cameo with um, a de-aged <laughs> Matthew Broderick. No, like what it could be, I I don't care it could be like them now. What are they yeah. doing today? I don't that would be amazing. Sure. But if they yeah. had like a, if they made it up today, like there's still valets and never gone anywhere and they just like or if they made it what did they do when they stole the car that yeah. whole time? That would yeah. be amazing. that's what okay. they're going to do. Right. And certainly yeah. look, if you want you can if they could do this with Mark Hamill, they could do with with Matthew Broderick. Okay. So if, Wait, like, yeah, they, they, a, if, if you, it would be really great though if it was modern and you get to see Ferris Bueller, what he's doing today in a cameo. All right. So, this is a little behind the scenes for everybody listening to the show. I go through the news every week and I look for things that I think the uh, rest of the gallery will, will find and have comments on. I'm glad and we're gallery. This is the first time we're that the gallery. <laughs> all three of you not only agreed, but was completely and 100% against what i thought everybody was gonna say but you thought all of us would hate it yes all of us including me you thought i, I thought at it? least somebody would have i can't believe that all three of you are just on board with this idea i think it's the most well, ridiculous idea ever. i'll tell you why 
I'll tell right. you tell, why. Tell Mark. us why with less than a minute to go, Charlie. Because right, it'll very be very quick. When he gives him the car and he says, "Be careful," the next scene is they're bolting off a hill. Yes, yeah. they're bolting off a yeah, hill. You just see them Who take it out. Who would want to see where they went with that car or what they did? And if I'm right, they even played the Star Wars <laughs> theme as it was happening. Every <laughs> time I drop my car for valet, I think of that movie. Wow. Yeah. For years, there was this wow. idea that he was going to be like, first Bill was going to turn into a man like his dad, and then through a course of a day, remember how he used to be when he was a teenager. That was like right. always a rumor. And it's a shame that they never made it. But um, John Hughes died, and wow. they always talked about it, but he never did it. So it would have been, this is the best we'd ever get to that, which wow. I would love yeah. to see. I want to see what happened to Ferris Bueller. Who did I, he turn out to be? Well, and, Mark, are you wrong? I, yeah, I'm <laughs> completely blown away. So with less than 30 <laughs> seconds, we're going to have a final thought. Uh, Dominic, final thought? Make the spinoff. <laughs> Charlie? There you go. Yeah, definitely make the spinoff, and I can't <laughs> wait for Tim Burton's Wednesday on Netflix. Elman Jenny Hildy, take us home. Uh, always take some days off, take some time off, but don't too many, take too many days off because then you'll never be on. All right. So with that, we're going to take our break and we'll be right back where we came from the radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio, the sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. Now, back to our show. Welcome back to Came From Radio, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. I am here in person with none other than L-Man Jenny Feldy. Well, it's great to see you. Senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino. How you doing, folks? Oh, I love it. This is a wonderful con that you took me to, Mark Torres. I love it. It's fascinating and beautiful and uplifting and whimsical and fancy and fantastical. Well, I think we should mention which convention we're at first. We are at the Tropicon! Yes, the Tropicon of 2022. Um, I wasn't here last year, so you guys did come to the convention last time? That's right. Charlie, we came last year, and it was, it was beautiful. It was a wonderful time, but this time is magic and sorcery on a level that I have never experienced. What levels do you normally experience of magic and sorcery? I've been experiencing some sorcery and magic all year, but this was a positive energy sorcery that I have not experienced in several weeks, and it was very uplifting, and I recommend that anyone that wants to uplift their souls and possibly gather themselves away from reality as we know it to come to the Tropicon, and this will be going on in 2023 and 24. So what about you, Charlie? What are your thoughts on the Tropicon? Well, I, I sort of reflect what Jen says when she says, it was a great concert. No, it is a great con. And, uh, you know, again, uh, thanks, Patrick, for the hospitality. And I think this year I've seen more young anime cosplays than I've ever seen in one place. So that's the thing that impressed me. Again, everybody, it was easy to move. A lot of space. It was nice. And uh, it was nice, uh, a crowd, yeah. No crowds, no one bumping into you, no bad smells, there's good food, 
there's creators, there's artists, there's positive attitude, there's dancers. What more could you ask for? What more could you ask for? What is the one thing that you didn't see here that you would have liked to have seen? A massage. Nobody has given me a massage. So, Charlie, would you like a massage also at the Tropicon? No, I would... I would just like to get the hell out of here after this wrap-up. No, I, I would love a massage. Who doesn't love a I massage? I will not feel satisfied until I have gotten a massage today. Yes, we have to go to the massage table. That's it. That's all that's missing. All right, so Patrick, if you're listening, uh, next year make sure you have a massage table. I have been to a convention that had a tattoo table. Oh. So a massage table is not that far removed of what can be done at a convention. Maybe a waxing station to remove the hair. But, you know, some people have hair that's unwanted. I don't think I would ever want to go to a convention that had a waxing <laughs> station. <laughs> so if anyone's listening, please make sure there's a massage table and a waxing table at your con. No, a, a massage table, but not a waxing no, table. No, waxing table. Charlie, would you <laughs> go to a convention that has a waxing table? Only if they gave Brazilian waxes. That's right. A man after my own heart. So, as always, I want to be um, upfront with how the convention is. I thought it was really enjoyable. Um, though I always like to say one complaint, if I had a complaint about this place, is that, uh, which is not their fault, by the way, certain parts were super cold, and I'm a very oh, cold running person. True. So, there were some like cold spots. Okay. But it's not his fault. It's just something I just wanted to mention, that there were cold spots, and some of the people, if you were in a certain booth, you'd be in the cold spot, as opposed to what normally happens in a convention, is the hot spot. So I think it's a very uh, different route. I mean, you uh, remember seeing the cold and hot spots other places in conventions. Exactly. Well, I, uh, let me tell you something. I just uh, was loving the whole deal here. It, it was uh, beautiful. We met old friends. Um, we actually get to be live in person. The show gets to be live in person. Uh, thrilled to see you. Not as thrilled as I am to see Jen. Well, she's a lot, <laughs> he speaks a lot the truth. prettier than you are. Thank you. But, wow. uh, and I'm sure you feel the same way on the other side. Perception yeah. um, is a funny thing. It's great to just be together again live. So what is your final takeaway from the Tropicon? What is the one thing you want to tell people that makes this convention different than all the other ones? I would say um, come in, the, the feeling is, is friendly. At the minute you walk in the door, it, it is a, a good feeling. All the conventions you go to, it's sort of like, you know, it's a big, big place. This is big without being big. It's like, you know, old home week. And, uh, but it's, it's a nice sized place, don't get me wrong. It's just that it's more warm. So what is your takeaway from this? It's perfect. As Goldilocks was here, she'd say, it's perfect. There's perfect parking. The temperature is only cold for five minutes. It's not so small and intimate that you feel like you got to talk to everyone. It's, that could be a little bit, uh, and it's not so big that you feel like you're lost and you don't matter. It's the perfect size. It would be almost the perfect temperature. Uh, it's just great. It's good vibes, and I would come back again, even if I wasn't part of this radio show with Mark making me do these interviews. So I say this, my final thought on the uh, Tropicon, is that I really think um, Patrick makes the convention. It's, it's all about Patrick, and he really, you see him hustling 
and running up and down these halls, trying his best to make sure everybody is doing well. So I want to give an extra shout-out to Pat Madden uh, for running the convention, for running a good convention. Everybody seemed pretty darn happy. It was a happy energy, a very positive energy. And he, as, as he said himself when we were talking to him earlier, it's a family to him. If you're part of the Tropicon, you're part of the family. So I feel like a neglected part of the family because we didn't talk very much, Patrick. So, Pat, that's, uh, that's on you. So next time you got to come down, you got to come on to the show and we'll talk to Jen next time. But, okay, I like silence. I like silence. Sorry. But with that, we'll take a break, and we'll be right back with Came From the Radio. Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot Club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. You know this is L-Man. You're listening to It Came From The Radio, and we're going to do a very interesting interview. There's an app, the Mystery of the Mary Rose app, and it immerses players in the sights and sounds and even smells of life aboard the ship almost 500 years ago that sunk. Uh, It was Henry VIII's favorite ship, and it sunk in 1545. So we are here with the creator, or, or one of the main creators, Charlotte Mickleborg. Hello. Hi. <laughs> yeah, so it's Time Detectives, The Mystery of the Mary Rose. Exactly. That's the name of the app. Great. So why did you create this app? Um, well, coming out, when I was coming into COVID, I mean, not the disease myself, but right. as in that period that we lived through, um, I had been doing a lot of, uh, sort of bigger budget VR experiences. Okay. Um, and it was kind of that realization that maybe those budgets weren't going to be around for a little while with everything that was going on. Um, but wanting to still give people the opportunity to have really immersive, um, experiences. So we started thinking around like developing an augmented reality app. So something like, like Pokemon Go or Harry Potter Wizards Unite, something like that, but much more realistic experience. So where we introduce like photorealistic characters, we put like real people in your environment, um, but also like not limit ourselves to just the audio visual, but actually introduce Mm -hmm like have tactic and scent elements as well to like further immerse you in the story. So we just felt like, okay, for that, that by creating that AR experience, we can, we can work with slightly lower budgets, but we can still give you this experience that's really exciting and fully immersive. So that was the idea behind it. So this experience can be on the app that you won't have the smells on the app. But you'll have the smell in person at the Portsmouth, am I saying it right? Portsmouth Museum um, in United Kingdom, far away from New York. I'm in New York right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, no, you can access, so you can download the Time Detectives app, either App Store or Play Store, depending on what you're on. Um, You can play the game entirely remotely. You're right, of course, that does not include the scent element. Um, But you can play, obviously, the rest of the game. Like, you don't miss out on anything else. You do miss out on the scent. And we deliver the scent through these kind of little mobile backpacks that just emanate this kind of dry scent at certain Uh key points in the game. So it's not like a gimmicky, like, 40 cinema, spray it at you kind of thing. It's it's Mm -hmm. much more subtle. Um, 
And the reason we like to play with scent, or I like specifically to play with scent, is that it's the only one of our senses that speaks to the limbic part of our brains, or mm-hmm. speaks directly to that part of our brain anyway, um, which is the memory forming part. So right. when you create good, you know, if you use scent right, you're quite literally creating more memorable experiences. So that was kind of mm-hmm. the aim with this and other multisensory stuff we're doing. That was my next question. I'm like, why yeah. smells? So, right, because if you want them to remember, you can play a song. A lot of times I had a teacher who I think was uh, the head of Visa or American Express in the American University with my business teacher. In every class, you play the same song at the beginning, same song at the end, but you know what he should have done? Maybe he should have scented the room a certain way too, and then we'd never forget him, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the other senses, they do all reach that same memory forming part of the brain. They just don't reach it as quickly or as directly. So yeah, scent is by far the best way to like reach somebody's memory. Um, okay. so yeah. So, so if you, if you are by chance or any of the audience are visiting the UK, um, yeah, you can get down to Portsmouth and see the real ship that was brought up out of the ocean, the 500 mm-hmm. year old ship that was brought up out of the ocean. Uh, it's about actually pretty much half a ship, like half of it was destroyed. Uh, and the rest is there um and then you can follow this kind of uh, follow the game as more of a trail-based thing around that site with the scent pack but otherwise yeah you can play it remotely without so henry the eighth it's his favorite ship apparently it sunk in 1545 last question i think about smell what kind of smells <laughs> were there what kind <laughs> of smells do we think were there what kind of smells are <laughs> our visitors gonna experience yeah, so, well, there were 500 men, no women, on board this ship, a combination yeah. of, like, soldiers and sailors, so clearly there have been some pretty unpleasant smells, like BO, which we have not focused on. No women, you said no? No women? No women, no. No women, oh. No. So, um, but it, it was it was a more diverse audience than we uh, a diverse audience. Sorry, a more diverse crew than 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 they expected when they started right. doing analysis of the bones and such. But diverse in from an ethnic perspective and not from a from a sexual perspective. Right. Um, so yeah, no women. Um, but what was I? Where was I going? You asked me about the smells. Yes. Oh, what kind um, of smells? Yeah. So, for example, at one point in the game, you're you're eavesdropping on a conversation that's happening over the backgammon table. Like one of the one of the ways they had to relax was kind of um, playing dice and backgammon. So you're kind of listening in on the conversation there, and there is the smell of beer kind of coming from your <laughs> from your back. I thought you were going to say bo, and I'm like, okay, no. <laughs> there I might have been that, that in the room too, but we left that out. No. But there's better beer because actually the crew would drink about 14 pints of beer a day. They what? drank it instead of water as a way of like getting rid of the bacteria in the water. They would they would instead drink beer. So, um, yeah, yeah I'm just listening to something else about, you know, uh, alcohol being a multiple time per day thing. But I didn't know beer could help with bacteria. I thought beer maybe could breed bacteria. I didn't know it could kill it. Yeah, no, the brewing process kills bacteria, um, in fact. And so, yeah, back in the good old days, <laughs> they drank it instead of water. No. So, yeah, you've got, you've got the beer smell. You've got the smell of um, gunpowder when you fire the guns. At a certain point in the game, you're discovering um, a plot to sabotage to explode some of the guns. Um, in fact, one of the crew had his ears cut off for exactly that. Um, anyway, you get the opportunity wow. to interact with the game by, by by firing the gun. And when that happens, it releases the smell of gunpowder. So all of the sense that release, they, their reaction to your interactivity with the game, they're not, um, you know, which is another nice thing about it. It is personalized 
I mean, the scents don't personalize, they don't change, but the, the moment in which they're kind of received by you, let's say, okay. changes. Um, and you get the smell of the ocean air when you kind of come on up to the upper deck. Um, and yeah. there's a couple more that I'm forgetting right oh, now. Fresh ocean air. It's not <laughs> swampy air, because that could, that could be very unpleasant. At low tide, yeah, they're, they're, it's they're, high they're, tide. They're on the ocean, yeah, yeah, they were the ocean. Um, okay. But then we've got the smell of molten tar. They use like a yeah, like a tar-like substance to like mm-hmm. block leaks in the small leaks in a ship's hold. So at a certain mm-hmm. point, you're down in the really dark hold with one of the characters, and you're yeah, it's, you smell the tar he's using to fix a leak. Um, and then there's a fifth one. It's going to come back to me, but right now I can't think what it is. <laughs> well, sometimes when I really have to pee, I just plug myself with tar and then no I'm kidding my, my I don't know if my radio host is gonna like that one <laughs> I don't know <laughs> well on the vein of not really dirty jokes but I guess kind of all right so the press read that Henry VIII had 5.5 wives how do you have a half a wife I mean I would say a half of a spouse is best less time consuming I'm all about that, but like, what is five and a half wives? You do you know what that half, is? I'm, guess, I'm guessing he died. He died halfway through like the sixth marriage, so maybe like he only lived half of her life, maybe. Oh, interesting. So I guess according to whoever wrote this press release, like if you don't <laughs> live long enough, the marriage is like a half or something. That's, I don't know. I just thought it was very interesting. I, okay. I, have, I have no idea. I mean, he cut off a few heads there. So it could be that he, they were only counting, you know, the head, the ones who kept the heads as full marriages. I'm not sure. Did you say <laughs> kept the heads? Is that what you said? I said he cut off oh. two of their heads. Oh. So whether yeah. they're like reducing the number based on body parts, I, I can't tell you, but that's possible. Okay. So now going <laughs> more back to the ship and away from silliness, maybe. Um, so the research says that it's been it's been about 500 years and there's been 27,831 dives between 1971 to 1982 and no one knows why the Mary Rose sank they they can't figure it out there's <laughs> yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of evidence obviously um mm-hmm. but some of it is contradictory there's like there's different theories and they're all kind yeah. of supported by some evidence i think ultimately and obviously I'm not the chief historian of the Mary Rose, and probably they're the best person to ask. But from, mm-hmm. from every, all the research and work we did, my understanding is that it was probably like a bit of a combination of factors. But that's kind of the fun of the game is we want to turn you into that detective who gets the opportunity to like research what all the evidence is and kind of work right. out what you think happened. So it's quite nice that it is a genuine mystery and it's not something that actually has already been solved, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to say if one of his wives was trying to off him, good job because we didn't find you out and you're not going to prison. I mean, you're dead. It's 500 years, but I don't know. That's where my first went. Yeah. Sadly. Well, sadly, I say sadly, Henry VIII was not on the ship. um, So she didn't manage if that was her goal. She, he was, he was actually on it the night before. So maybe her timing was just a little off. It's also possible, but he was on it the night before and then he came off, he watched the, he was going to watch the battle against the French from the, from the castle on the coast. And instead he watched like his favorite warship sink before it got into battle. 
maybe it was insurance fraud. I don't think they had insurance back in 1545, did they? I don't. I think you might be onto something. I actually met someone recently whose specific area of specialty is like insurance fraud from like ancient history. Oh, really? Is that a thing? I would love to know when the first insurance fraud was proven. That's 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 an interesting idea for your next AR game, next augmented reality insurance fraud. <laughs> How far back does it go? How far back does it really go? Or I'm really into teeth. I have my floss right here. I was flossing on a film set. My dad's a dentist. What if we did? How did you get your cavities? An augmented reality game of the teeth or following someone around <laughs> eating the sugar and watching them fall asleep and forgetting to brush their teeth. Anyway. You're just some ideas. I mean, I don't even need to make up anymore. I'm just going to give you a no, call. Just, oh, yeah, that's what I'm going for. People consult me with that. So back to you. So the trailer, <laughs> I could have sworn the trailer said that um, it felt like when you're in the app, because there, there was a girl, very cute little girl in the trailer holding the app. And it's like, when you're playing the game, it feels like you're in the Mary Rose and it feels like you're sinking with it. Wow, that's just what I wanted. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm just joking. I'm just dissing the game. But I, I wonder if you've had any people, you know, it must be a scary experience to feel like you're sinking. Has anyone commented on that experience? Yeah, so you don't actually sink in the game. You, okay. you, you kind of travel back in time to like a few hours before the sinking and you're kind of investigating like what's happening on board, like what's going on, on you know, what does the captain know? What do the guys beneath deck know? Like you're you know, listening on conversations, you're uncovering like physical clues and things. Um, and then at the final, like at the end of the game, you do witness the sinking, but you're clearly not on it when you're witnessing it. So yeah, I don't think there is quite that. Did you, did you think maybe you it'd be do. too scary to have people feel like they're sinking? I guess it depends how you do it. I mean, when you walk into the Mary Rose Museum, there is actually a kind of a projection mapped experience of the sinking, mm-hmm. but they haven't made it very... Uh, it's not realistic in the sense that there aren't a lot of people screaming. You know, it's not, um, it's not really that scary. But So I guess it just depends how you do it. But if you made it really realistic, for sure, I mean, that would be petrifying. So especially on these ships where... I mean, the bottom the bottom decks were just like pitch black, and the only way up was the through you know these really narrow ladders through these tiny holes. I mean, if you're claustrophobic, it's like I, a person's worst nightmare, basically. I watched a video of the Titanic sinking, and I, I think I actually started crying. I got like a visceral experience. But also, someone told me a psychic said that I was a rich lady who died on the Titanic. I don't know, oh, but I do know I saw the movie and I hated it. And I said, "What is oh, you this?" Did? I don't know. I mean, I don't know what I believe, but it's a funny theory that maybe, you know, I died on that. Maybe she was wrong and I died on the Mary Rose, but um, okay. So you're a director. But then you were a man. But then you were a man. If that happened. I am listed as a man and my stage name, my name, Jennifer Elise Feldman does break down to L man, the man. So eh. I do identify as a man, jokingly. I think think there's a message there. There's a message there, right? I was died on the Mary Rose and here we go. So, so you are, <laughs> you're a director. You have a lot of directing experience. Um, you know, uh, I just directed a sketch on Friday. It was a comedy sketch. And I say, do this and put this and put the light here and do this. Uh, what type of directing did you have to do with this creating mm. this game? Yeah. To be honest, I mean, I think with a game, it is actually a bit more about um the creative side is more about planning the user experience it's kind of a bit of UX design really more than it is 
conventional directing and then it's about um obviously I, in this case I wrote the script I, I do write a lot of scripts not all my scripts but quite a few so I wrote it um and then I really it's more just about kind of overseeing the crafting of it so in a way it's kind of a cross between director producer because I'm kind of keeping an eye on the creation of the 3D assets and you know just kind of over all of that so just kind of creatively like moving it along not doing all of that work because I'm not a 3D artist and I'm not a developer so I didn't program it I had great people doing that for me um but yeah so I guess the role is definitely different (laughs) if you're making a game versus if you're yeah yeah, directing film um which I which I do do as well but yeah this was this was not so much that there was a bit of conventional directing because the two key characters which I I don't know if you've seen the game but the photorealistic kind of 3D uh, volumetrically Mm -hmm. captured characters that you see the captain and and Henry um they were you know they were in a we shot in a studio against a green screen with just a different kind of camera setup that can recreate them as 3D um elements in the game so that was more conventional studio directing, I would say. But yeah. So a lot it's of people a com- say, they say the world's, you know, going to be taken over by virtual reality and there's pros and cons to that. Um, I guess I'd want to know your thoughts on what are some of the pros and cons of virtual reality coming into uh, the P-O-R-N-O-graphic world, the tutorial. This is more of a tutorial for children or adults to learn because interactive, you know, increases the learning capacity usually. Mm. Um, Yeah, are there any pros and cons that flip into your mind when you're creating this augmented reality experiences? So many. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think that it's super exciting, like the world of virtual reality, also augmented reality, but is exciting because obviously you can create like the, the the possibilities are limitless. I mean, much like, I guess, CG in films, you know, you can create any world you want to create, which is pretty exciting, which means you can take people on some pretty wild rides with it. But I think it's kind of main value is probably also it's main downfall that ultimately you don't want lunatics taking people on, <laughs> taking yeah. people on those far rides. You know, there's certain people we wouldn't want making VR or certainly oh. most of us wouldn't want making VR. And, and I, I also think things like horror is petrifying, you know, because you're suddenly it's fully around you, you know, you genuinely, you know, at home, at least you can feel the wall and the sofa behind you, but you yeah. take that away in VR and it's, you know, pretty, pretty scary. Um, I didn't but, think of horror because I'm in horror movies and I didn't think of making them 3D. Yeah, I've done a couple. They are petrifying. I mean, just because the the safety net is is kind of gone. Right. Um, but the like, yeah, the benefit of something like this is that you can genuinely like for people who maybe maybe find history just the dullest thing you know they've ever come across or been taught in school or whatever you know actually being able to take people there and recreate that I mean that's that's an exciting story whichever way you look at it like you don't it's not history anymore it's something you're living right um and it's probably a lot more interesting than your day-to-day life so I mean I think that's awesome that we can use that as a learning tool not just for this kind of thing but I mean really for anything I mean they're using it in medicine a ton Mm -hmm. Um, like I think the opportunities are kind of endless like if you can imagine I don't know the world's most skilled heart surgeon now able to teach people all over the globe right rather than just in a limited hospital in wherever he or she happens to be based so yeah I think there's a lot of cool things Um, too many to list for sure on your show (laughs) yeah way better than the chalk on the chalkboard but you have to go so we're gonna wrap it up so any final thoughts for society and it came from the radio 
check out the game. I mean, just a just a last minute plug. Do check out the game. We'd love to hear your feedback. So and where can we find you in the game website? Social I'm Detectives, media? App Store, Play Store. I'm C Mickleborg, if you can spell it, um, <laughs> on, on Twitter or Insta. Um, and yeah, you find my company as well. Picture this productions through those, through my own profiles quite easily. So beautiful. So yeah, on that yeah. note, reality, uh, virtual reality, augmented reality might be taken over. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with L-Man and Charlotte Mickelbork. Back to you, Mark. See you later. Ciao. And that's a wrap. Ever wanted to enter the world of comics but didn't know where to start? Worry not, true believers. We at the Comic Book School may just have the answer to your questions. Created by comics veteran Buddy Scalera, the Comic Book School is a free online educational resource that helps rising creators learn the craft and business of making comics through resources like forums, interviews, publication opportunities, publisher guidelines, and step-by-step blog posts. For more info, please visit our site at www.comicbookschool.com. Be sure to join our forums and follow us on social media while you're there. We'll see you on the message boards. This is Carrie Steller from In the Girls Corner, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C, K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Hi, this is Amy Jo Johnson, writer-director from the film The Space Between, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. You had any honor. You would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on the Came From the Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, tough. go to our newly revised website, www.itcamefromradio.com. The archives will be up in a week or so. Check us out on such places as btd.radio, sci-fi.radio, IndieVolt.com. Check us out on our places such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube page, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google, it came from the radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.